copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Please calling all cars, attention all cars. Attention all Los Angeles County Sheriff's cars, broadcast 113, regarding a murder. A body found in Mint Canyon. Face mutilated with a shotgun. That's all. Rolls and quits. Blanco, 
I was having a hard time in Los Angeles. The county gave me food and they gave me work now and then, but I didn't ever have enough to eat. My wife was in the insane asylum in Scotland. I didn't know many people in Los Angeles except her relatives. So I left for Arizona on April 10th. My sister lives in Globe, and I hope maybe I could get a job there. At least I could eat. I'm John Vittori. Louis Blanco's my brother-in-law. That is his wife and my wife and sister. He disappeared a month ago. Last thing he told me was going to San Francisco to look for work. Now his wife is well enough to get out of Platinum, and he's got to sign the papers. We can't find him anywhere. So I reported him to the police as a missing person. I hope they find him. Certainly ain't going to sign for his wife's release. I've got too many miles to beat now with my own wife and the kids. Thus are the three chief protagonists in this drama of greed and violence. The prologue has spoken. The action has already begun in a lonely canyon in the foothills with the passages. And now the curtains part on the first scene in the office of Captain William Bright, head of the homicide squad for Bangladesh County Sheriff's Office, as the telephone rings. Homicide, Bright speaking. Gee, like to scare the daylights out of me. When is this? This morning. 
I told the boss about it right away. And he called you fellas. Looks like he's been dead 24 hours. You any shot yesterday? Why, no. Come to think of it, believe I did. I was out looking for a stray cow. I heard a couple of shots. What time was this? Mm, about 11 o'clock yesterday morning. I didn't pay no attention to the shots because I figured somebody else was out hunting. Did you see anyone around here? Well, no, but, but about 15 minutes later, I was walking along a back road on the way back to the ranch. I didn't find the cow, you see. And a fellow passed me in a car going west. That is the corridor thing with? Yes, sir. What kind of a car was it? It was uh, a Nessie sedan. Did you notice the license number? No, I didn't. What color was it? It's uh, blue. Only kind of faded, and it had a black top. Here's some more papers I found on the body, Captain. Uh-huh. These are in his hip pocket. Thanks. Let's see. Well, according to these papers, this man is Jose Diego. Released from the Arizona State Penitentiary at Florence on May 12th. Today's the 24th. Well, if his body is Diego, he enjoyed just 12 days of freedom. Out of his career, Blanco. How did he get possession of Jose Diego's parole papers? Well, it seems that the answer to that lies in this John Vittori. Morales. I want you to go to 602 Cell Avenue and bring in John Vittori. By the time you get him, the body will be in the morgue. Take him there for an identification and bring him to my office. Yes, sir. Silver, Yes, sir. I want you to follow through on fingerprinting this body. Send the classification to the Arizona Penitentiary at Florence for a check against the Prince of Jose Diego. Come on now, step on his voice. We've got one corpse with two identities. I don't like mysteries when they're that mysterious. <laughs> Over the fingerprints of court, Morel picked up John Vittori of the Cellar Street address. At the morgue, Vittori identifies the body as his brother in law, Louis Blanco. Then Vittori leads the officer to Blanco's rooming house on Yale Street. The Mexican landlady greets them at the door. Ah, buenos dias, Senor Vittori. Have you heard from that brother in law of yours who owes me so much back for him? Yes, Mr. Gonzalez. I've heard of him. He's been murdered. Murdered? This man is in the sheriff's office. He wants to go to Louis' room. Well, no. But who is going to pay his back rent? Are you, Senor Vittori? You know I ain't got no money. This is Gonzalez. Do you know whether Blanco had a gun? A gun? Oh, no. He didn't have no gun. Did he have an automobile? <laughs> an automobile? Where would he get the money for an automobile when he owed me three months' rent? Are his things still in his room? Oh, see, such as they are. He doesn't have very much. I'd like to take a look in there. Uh, he's just down the hall here. He said when he went away that he was going to get a job in San Francisco. And now he comes back and murdered. Yeah, that's what he told me, too. He was going to Frisco to get a job. Here's his room. Oh. That's pretty bare. No clothes. Oh, no, he didn't have no clothes. Only what he wore. An old magazine? There are some letters in the drawer there. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. A letter from Mrs. Rosita Tapoca, Globe, Arizona. You know who this is, Mr. Vittori? I think he had a sister in Globe. That's fine. Well, come along. Where are we going now? Down to headquarters. The captain wants to ask you some questions. Where do you live? 602 Still Avenue. 
You know Louis Blanco? Yeah, my brother-in-law. Is the body you saw at the morgue that of Louis Blanco? Mm. I think so, but it's hard to tell. When did you see Blanco last? Mm, about six weeks ago. Told me he was going to San Francisco to look for work. We've been looking for him. His wife, my wife's sister, has been in the insane asylum in Patton, and she's ready to come out. But Louis has to sign the papers to get her out. I asked the police to look for him. Yes, we have the missing persons report right here. Oh, you know all about that already, huh? Sure. You're pretty fair in this office. Fair in this office. Now, uh, what kind of a car do you drive? Ah, drive an Essex and a Star, boy. All in Essex, huh? Yes, sir. What year? 1927. What color is it? Kind of dark blue. How's the paint job? Faded out? No, sir. First class. Ever have it repainted? No, sir. You ever own a shotgun? No, sir. You know Jose Diego? No, sir. Not that I know of. Well, did you ever see this identification card before? Only when the officer showed it to me up at my house. Never saw it before, eh? No. Has your name on it? Yes. Name on it? Yes. Well, why should Blanco say to notify you in case of accident? I don't know. Didn't get along with the rest of his family, I guess. I was the only one who was friendly with him. Where were you yesterday? I was home all day, except when I drove my kid to school. Well, do you know anybody who would want to murder Blanco? Did he have any enemies? No, sir. Well, uh... We may want to question you again, Mr. Vittori. You won't leave town. Oh, no. I'll be right up there on Shell Avenue. Fine. Thank you very much for coming in. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, well, well the story seems straight enough. Of course, we haven't checked up on it. And we will. Well, Captain, I've got the reply from the warden of Plant, Arizona. Yes? Our victim is Jose Diego. Fingerprints on the body check identically with his card at the prison. Well, that changes everything. Now we've got to find Louis Blanco, and I've got a lead on that. I found this letter in his room. It's from a sister of his in Globe, Arizona. Fine. Get on that angle right away. Sheriff Charles R. Burns, Globe, Arizona. We are attempting to locate Louis Blanco, Mexican, whose name was found in a murdered Mexican we have identified as Jose Diego. We believe Blanco has a sister, Rosita Tapoca, living in Globe. It is imperative to the investigation of this murder that we find Blanco. Would appreciate your making confidential investigations to discover if Blanco is now in Globe. W. Biscalou, Sheriff, Los Angeles County. Sheriff E.W. Biscalou, Los Angeles, California. Louis Blanco arrived here from Los Angeles April 10th. Now staying with sister, Charles R. Burns, Sheriff, Globe, Arizona. Sheriff Charles R. Burns, Globe, Arizona. Please search in Blanco and search for 12-gauge shotgun and blue automobile with black tops. Possible victim brought from there by car. E.W. Biscalou, Sheriff, Los Angeles County. Sheriff E.W. Biscalou, Los Angeles. Unable to check or find either automobile or shotgun. Holding Blanco in custody. Refuses to waive extradition. Awaiting instructions. Charles R. Burns, Sheriff, Grove, Arizona. 
Auburn, Globe, Arizona. Deputy Sheriff Sepulveda and Morrell arrive late tomorrow to question Blanco. Many thanks for your cooperation. W. Bistaloo, Sheriff, Los Angeles County. Sure, that's him as far as I can tell. 
So it looks like his hands and looks like his clothes, too. Mm-hmm. Then you say it was him. Sure. Bring in your man, Ralph. Well. Yes, sir. Come on in. You know this fellow, the toy? Well, I'll have to put you two as a material witness. 
However, I doubt if we can use that as evidence against him. You see, a hard to establish intent, even though Victoria had his nephew in line for the next killing. In a few short days, the case of John Vittori is ready for the case of John Vittori, is ready for prosecution, and handed over to the office of district attorney, Duran Fitz, who characterized it as magnificently prepared. But in December 1933, Vittori is brought to trial in Department 26 of Superior Court before Judge Aguilar. The prosecution faces its argument that the boy murdered Jose Diego for $3,000 worth of insurance upon three circumstantial facts. The first, the boy's car was seen by a witness where the murder occurred. The second, the boy consistently misspelled the word Yale in the manner in which it was spelled on the identification card found on the body. The first, the boy forged application for $3,000 worth of insurance upon the life of Louis Bronco and named himself his beneficiary. The jury finds the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree. And Judge Aguilar sentences the story to hang by the neck until death, which sentence was carried out at San Quentin at dawn on December 6, 1935.